You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 470 of Podcateers. This week, the Hulk movie starring Ed Norton comes to Disney+. Plus. Is a World War Hulk movie also coming? Disney Plus also debuts the Flamin' Hot Cheetos film. A stop-motion Lego animation gets a young creator an amazing opportunity. We talk about a DIY to make your own Splash Mountain vehicle. Leaks of the new Haunted Mansion merch coming this year. And of course, our Disney history segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, continues with 1971 and 1972. We'd love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join the community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast, Very Godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. Uh, by the way, the mics were recording when we jumped into a conversation about the old Go domain Disney used to use for all their sites for years. And we'll be putting up that conversation on Patreon if you want to give that a listen. Uh, so that's it. It is time to get this episode going. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and, of course, that you come back for more. But if you've been hanging with us for a while now, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 470 of Podcateers. What happens if I get really close to the microphone? Is that better? Should I <laughs> move as far back as possible and then yell? Okay. <laughs> Checkity check check. That reminded me, and I don't know. My brain is is odd right now. I have a weird, like sinus headache feeling thing right now. So I feel like. I don't think no good right now, mm-hmm. but I uh, think saying checkity check made me think of checkers, and instantly my brain said, no, not checkers, chess. And then my brain said, no, 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 wizard's chess. And then my brain once again said, no, 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 Hogwarts Legacy, wizard's chess. And yes, in Hogwarts Legacy, there are two uh, like hidden areas where you can find like hidden chests with items and in order to get the chest you have to play wizard's chess and just find the correct location for one of the pieces and it's oh, i don't know if i should ruin it never mind the i don't want i, I want to tell you how to solve it the point is that you have to play wizard's chess and i thought that was pretty awesome and I now we're gonna yeah. get ads for this because I didn't oh, know Wizard's Chess was a thing. <laughs> so that's okay. Have you not seen the first film? I, I guess once, twice, I think. I saw it once. Is it in the and first then... film or the second film? I, I cannot know. remember. I, I'm, I'm 
I'm bad. Let me look it up. Let's see. I'll say this. Tina, text me if you know what movie Wizard's Chess is in. We'll see if she's asleep or not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's in the first one. It is in the first one. I was like, we could have Googled this. It's in the first one. (laughs) Yeah. I I remember Ron writing the night. In oh. the in the is scene. that the one where they're like down in the in the under the basement? Yes. And they, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that now. I Giant wondered chess. if it was gonna happen in the game, and it wasn't like a full board. It wasn't like a full blown game or anything, but uh, it was cool that they had some semblance of it while you were playing. So I I, gotcha. I like that. But see, when I think of check checkety check, I think of doing mic checks. And, you know, when you do like when you're doing mic check in like theater and stuff, sometimes you have to talk for quite a while because the sound person is adjusting, you know, stuff, trying to make it not feedback. So you can't just say like check, check, check one, two, like for five minutes, like (laughs) depending on how long it gets really annoying. So I've uh, my go to for that is um, I know all the words to uh, the devil went down to Georgia uh, <laughs> so that's my my sound check speech is I will just recite not singing just talking the devil went down to Georgia um, nice so that that's my fun sound check thing that's cool I mean hey look um, anytime that a Charlie Daniel soliloquy can happen that that's a win for the day right do it do it like like Patrick Stewart doing Shakespeare or something just <laughs> give it a shot Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't do a British voice, I guess. I don't know. I'm bad at British accents. Like, the <laughs> devil went down to Georgia. He was... That's not like William Shatner. That's Shatner. That's a dip- more. <laughs> Looking for like, a soul to steal. He was I'm, in a bind. He was way behind. Looking to make a deal. I'm in, so well this done. Is, <laughs> this is literally what's going through my head right now. Have you seen any of the videos, either on Instagram or TikTok, where... Uh, Frank Caliendo is breaking down how he'll do like Morgan Freeman or how he'll do like certain voices. Yes, Frank Caliendo is one of my favorite comedians of all time. <laughs> so it's so funny because he'll start off with like, you want to start off with the Kermit the Frog and then you want to bring it down. And then if you play along with it a little bit, you get a little bit of a John C. Riley thing going on and you kind of got Wreck-It Ralph. And if you punch it up, <laughs> you can get into Seth Rogen really easy. And he's like breaking down how wow. he breaks the tone. <laughs> and one of them, he was trying, like he was showing how he does Patrick Stewart. Uh-huh. And uh, that's literally what was going through my head. It's like, you, you <laughs> I can't even do it anymore. Now I'm laughing. But I was imagining more of a bring, break. Ah, I can't even do it anymore. Never mind. The point <laughs> is, those videos are fun. And that's like how my mental breakdown happened today because <laughs> he, to break he basically said Stewart. everything starts with either is it what kermit the frog or, or ernie or something uh, or yeah Fozzie? it was like fuzzy bear I yeah think, or something like that <laughs> everything starts with either that and then you just mix the two and <laughs> and you yeah. get every character i mean it's pretty good like the way that yeah. he breaks it down i think is especially if you're into voice acting learning those little techniques and learning how to like twist your voice around to fit the the different tones that people make one that's a super cool skill to have right it's not just a cool party trick but if you can do it well like man that that is a good gig to get it's a difficult gig to get because 
like the people that do it do it so well that they're basically lifers in the in that position like look at like eric bauza right when he took over as the voice of like bugs bunny and daffy and stuff like that like that like he's the guy right you don't see anyone else filling in for these voices like when you think of brett iwin chris diamantopoulos who else uh bill Bill Farmer. farmer You know, like all these iconic voices, they are lifers in this position, mm-hmm. right? And it's difficult to really break in to do iconic characters. But man, if your voice can can twist around just enough to get guest spots on existing shows or for uh, maybe you sound enough like a character that you need to fill in or you do some ADR for a movie or something like that. That's a good gig to have, man. Yeah, so if anybody needs a Roger Rabbit coming anywhere, just call the Podcateers because please, it's right here. I tell you what, we're right here. Come on. There you go. (laughs) There you go. He got it right there, right in the bag, I guess. I don't know. Fantastic. I mean, if we need a Sala. My friends. That's like. See? (laughs) uh, That's all we needed. But there's there's already a Sala. So I'm not taking. I'm, I I do not want to take. But maybe. His job. But, but if what he's if busy, you did Sala for the video games? Yeah, if he's busy, then I will. I will gladly. Uh, Bill Rogers, not Bill Rogers. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> his name you're, is. You're having uh, a Hazen moment right I'm now. I'm having dude. a Hazen. No, his name is uh, <laughs> Bob Joel's. There we go. Another B name. If he's busy, then yes, I will gladly uh, do Sala anytime, any day. Ringy ding my phone, Disney. It's okay. And Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. You know, speaking of Kim Possible, Will Friedle, uh-huh. like talk about a guy that's made like a career in voiceover, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's Batman. Like he's just so good at it too. I don't know. Maybe we should get a voice actor on the podcast. That would be a fun episode, right? Yeah. Get, mm-hmm. get somebody that does uh, voices and ADR and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. Fun. Let's get. Uh, I don't know. Um, John DiMaggio. I don't know. I was gonna pull the, a deep cut, but that's not very deep. We'll find somebody. How about Bill Rogers? <laughs> Bill Rogers, I think, would be fun. Bill Rogers is an is a really interesting guy. I've had a a chance to talk to him a couple of times, uh, but it was more in passing. Like at the last D twenty three expo, I remember uh, having like a good fifteen twenty minute conversation with him, and uh, man, his stories are always so fun. That's a good one. Like he and Camille would be really good guests to have on the podcast. Corey right. Burton was the person I was trying to pull, but oh, I couldn't think of it yeah. till after I, <laughs> after yeah, I uh, said Bill Rogers. Yeah. He's like got a billion voices. I read something about him. I don't remember what it was. I was doing a deep dive a long time ago into like voice actors and stuff. And I think he was one that they said there was something like people have like generally like two different like voice like ranges like tones they can do. Mm-hmm. Like and everything is kind of based off of those, and he has like four or something distinct tones yeah. that he can do. I've, it's something like that. I don't know the numbers. I don't know. I can't remember. It's like fifteen years ago, and I was looking this up. But that's like why he can do so many different things, and it sounds so different. Is that like these tones that he can do are just all 
you know, he can go from like Yen Sid to like Zipper or whatever. Like, yeah. it's just different, completely different things. That's what I'm saying, man. If you have uh, the ability to twist your voice around and if you can learn how to manipulate, you know, your voice in ways that other people can't, that's a good gig to get. And mm-hmm. you, like I said, you don't even need major characters, right? Like getting a major character obviously is super cool. Like who doesn't want to be an iconic character? But you might get more work if you become like side characters for a while until you have an opportunity to take over for a major character. Plus, if you're in a lot of projects, you can show range, which would allow you to become multiple characters, you know? So it's one of those things, right? If you practice it, if you love voices, definitely something you should explore. If your kids uh, love going around making little voices and stuff, have them listen to different characters. Start getting them to train in the like characters that they may sound the best at, you know, because they'll be able to train themselves. Have them mimic characters, you know. Give Jim Cummings a run for his money imitating Winnie the Pooh, you know, or Tigger yeah. or somebody. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I picked on Jim Cummings right now. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to like pull names out of your head, like who. Because it's not like, okay, there's Tom Hanks and you see their face. Like, I know what these voice actors' faces look like, but most people don't. So it's, like, harder to, like, pull that out of your your knowledge of, like, all right, here's, this is what D. Bradley Baker looks like. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Unless you're Jim Hanks, then nobody knows who you look like. But uh, I mean, you look mostly like... Right? You look like Tom Hanks, but right? just like <laughs> yeah. not. But like, just younger. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, what do they always say? Like Wish dot com, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's harsh. That's not, harsh. You know, it's not that he's a bad. He's just like not quite Tom Hanks. Right. Yeah. Almost, but not almost. There. He's close <laughs> enough. Yeah. Ah oh, man, how do we get into talking about this? I don't know. Or- I have no idea. I think it's because sound at Wizards check Chess and then Wizards yeah, Chess, the Chess and yeah. uh, Charlie Daniels and all kinds of stuff. It's gonna Tangent City. Yeah, I mean, buckle up, everyone, because my my brain is scrambled. It my like I'm telling you, I have this weird pressure headache right now, and it is making me like float all around everywhere. I'm going through Wonderland. I'm going through adventures in inner space. I'm going through the mansion. I'm going through pirate everywhere. I'm everywhere right now. So buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hey, since we were bringing up movies, well, I brought movies with Harry Potter into the conversation. Disney Plus added a couple of things that we had an opportunity. Well, one, we had an opportunity to watch. One of them, super surprising, don't know the story yet. I'm going to find out more. We could talk about it in an upcoming episode. But uh, Marvel added The Incredible Hulk to Disney+. Plus. And Ooh. this is a huge surprise because uh, just a little background for those of you that don't know. Uh, you know, a long time ago in a kingdom far, far away named close to bankruptcy, uh, Marvel had to sell off a lot of their characters because they were in financial trouble. And so that's why companies like Sony owned Spider-Man and other com- uh, other companies uh, owned some of the other Avengers. And that's why when the MCU started, 
they chose Iron Man because it was one of the characters that they still owned, that they still had the rights to use in a film. And so as time progressed, you know, Fox owned the X-Men and a bunch of other characters. And so part of the Disney acquisition of Fox was to try to regain those characters. And little by little, they've made deals with other studios, which is why uh, Spider-Man has been primarily a Sony-driven franchise, uh, with the exception of the Tom Holland Spider-Mans, because that was a joint venture with Marvel Studios. Uh, but The Incredible Hulk is owned by Universal or was is I don't I don't even know what to say right now. I, ha I have to research this, but uh, Universal was I don't want to say they were holding the Hulk hostage, but it felt like they were holding the Hulk hostage. Right. So the Hulk yeah. was one of the only characters in the MCU that was not able to get their own film because Universal had the rights to this. And so now all of a sudden with the incredible hulk film appearing on disney plus i'm wondering if there was some behind the scenes thing where their contract ran out and now disney's able to do this and we're going to get a world war hulk movie finally like a, a solo hulk movie uh or a ruffalo hulk basically uh, or if this was some kind of deal that we haven't heard of yet where they struck something with Universal and they said, yeah, fine. I mean, we're taking down the Marvel stuff in Florida anyway. Just do whatever you want with it. So interesting. So I just looked it up. Oh, good. Like, oh, right. Good. I just like looking up. There's not a ton on it right now, but I guess yeah. in a recent Variety article, Variety note that it says in a notable shift, the rights have reverted to Marvel Studios, leading to the <gasps> film's release on Disney Plus. So Marvel so does own yeah. Hulk again. According yes. so what's important to note is that the mm. movie, not the hero, that it's the movie, not the hero that they're oh. talking about here. So does not don't automatically assume that Disney Marvel will be able to start pumping out Hulk movies, but it's saying I think be, if I remembering this correctly, there was something about how Universal had a, the distribution for the Incredible Hulk movie for X amount of time. And so that's why they had the Hulk. That's why they could use the Hulk in uh, okay. in, in other movies, but they couldn't uh, create a standalone Hulk movie is because up until X amount of time, Marvel or uh, Universal had the distribution rights for the Incredible Hulk character for standalone film. Something along those lines, but uh, that this is from comingsoon.net. Um, so I'm not 100% sure. That was just the, the first thing that came up when I searched it. But there, it looks like this is a developing story. Right on. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do get that and we do get those movies. Um I was also curious about this, and I read a little bit more. There was a lot of articles that had Hulk and Neymar, you know, connected to him. But we haven't heard. There's nothing really anything f maybe in a year that mentions Neymar or, like, the advancement of that. Well, I know in the comics, uh, Neymar and the Hulk fight and then they're friends and then they fight and I don't know I don't know what their story is but I know that there is a connection to them in the comics um, mm. so maybe that's why 
because we were getting Namor in Black Panther in Wakanda Forever. So maybe that's where we started to get a little bit more of it. But yeah, when this one popped up on Disney Plus, it was such a huge surprise. I guess we'll find out a little bit more since you said it was a developing story. But yeah, this I, I know that part of the deal had to do with, like you were mentioning, they were able to use them in a faction movie. That's why he appeared in the Avengers and stuff like that. Like Part of the deal mm-hmm. was that he could be a part of a faction, but he couldn't be in a standalone the way that Iron Man and Thor and all these other characters got standalones. So I don't know. I'm still keeping hope for World War Hulk. I think that would be, uh, I mean, we already got the tease, you know, at the end of She-Hulk, we got the tease, you know, with his son. So uh, crossing my fingers, you know, they're planting the seeds. It is an ensemble, so they didn't break any rules, but maybe they knew something we didn't. Yeah. Maybe that's what happens next. Bob Iger is going to try to buy uh, Universal next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a <that, laughs> little far-fetched, I would think. But you, you never know. Crazier things have happened. Yeah, I'm reading yeah, another <laughs> article from CBR.com uh, just kind of laying out. It does look like that. It's the Disney o- or Universal owns the rights to both uh, the Incredible Hulk and Namor distribution rights. So anything that Disney created would would be under we'd be distributed by Universal, therefore making it like a universal property sort of. It's very confusing all this stuff, and it looks like the deal that they had, which is like a thirteen year old deal or something at this point. I'm trying to get some of this information, but uh, it's an in perpetuity deal. So they're like you like I'm sure it's kind of like the it may be like the the uh, one that they have at Universal Studios, the park where they're like, you can use these characters in perpetuity so long as something, something, something. And then they go back to Marvel or whatever. It may be something like that. But again, a lot of contract stuff. We don't know. It's all behind closed doors kind of stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes uh, because if they can strike a deal or if, you know, they can just straight out buy the rights for the Hulk, it would be nice to see more properties, especially because it's a property that I think a lot of people that grew up with the Infinity Saga would be a little more familiar with. And it's something that a lot of fans have been wanting to see for a long time. So... It'll be something familiar, a little uh, something a little old, but also something new that could, you know, continue to spark this next phase. I know that a bunch of stuff was cut and a lot of things were recently adjusted and they changed the release dates and stuff like that. But I don't know, maybe this would be this could be the spark that they're looking for to really invigorate this next phase that seems to be struggling a little bit more than the last ones have. Uh, hey, speaking of films on Disney Plus, I I'm not sure if either one of you has seen this or even know about it, but Eva Longoria made her directorial debut with a film named Flamin' Hot, and yes, it is exactly what you think it is—the story of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I kind of knew this film was under development, but I didn't know that it was coming to Disney Plus. Uh, when I 
when we saw it come up, we were like, oh, that's interesting. We should watch this. And I will say that from a film standpoint, it was entertaining enough. It, you know, it was a pretty good story as far as, you know, who invented the Flamin' Hot Cheetos and they kind of go through the whole thing, you know, rags to riches sort of situation. And, you know, the, you know, he becomes famous. It, it sparks this entire, you know, revolution of hot snacks and hot ice cream and flaming Hot Cheetos on sushi and you name it. It had flaming Hot Cheetos for the last however many years after this, you know, blew up. Did they ever have flaming Hot Mac and Cheetos? Sure at, did. Yes. At Burger King? <laughs> sure did. I mean, if you could imagine it, yeah, it did. It did exist. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there was ice mm-hmm. cream. There was uh, like birthday cakes covered in the Cheeto dust. There was all sorts of stuff, <laughs> man. So, uh, the the thing about this is that that's interesting to me is a few years ago, uh, I remember reading an article that kind of blew up for a while because the L.A. Times had revealed that uh, Richard Montañez the protagonist of this flaming hot film uh did not invent flaming hot cheetos <laughs> <laughs> apparently it was uh i forgot her name i'm trying to remember what her name was i'll see if i can quickly do a, a google search for her but uh apparently someone else created them and somehow like because then then this is where it gets like all muddy right because he went off and he gave speeches and he wrote books and articles and made a living and became famous and rich off of the notion that he invented flaming hot cheetos when in reality like flaming hot cheetos were invented by somebody else and then he was like what if we put the dust on popcorn and then the revolution was, I guess, that you could put that stuff on anything and it makes anything flaming hot all of a sudden. So uh, interesting. I enjoyed it. It was it was very fun to watch. But just know when you go into it that, uh, yeah, she, he'd, uh, he didn't invent him. Somebody else did. Lynn Greenfield is. The yes. Name. Yes. That's her. It's funny. Kind of sounds like the McDonald's story. And that stinks. But anyways, that's not my point. My point is what a time to be alive to witness this thing and then taste them and then see what it evolved to. And now there's a movie. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) It's so crazy to me. The whole thing is just crazy. But hey, I mean, you know, I have to say, I don't know. I don't think there's another snack in our lifetime that has made an impact the way that flaming hot Cheetos have in society. Because like, like we were saying a bit ago, they really did kind of invade, like there was a freaking Mountain Dew flaming hot. Yeah. Who the hell wants to drink a flaming hot Mountain Dew? There was people. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't. I don't know. If anybody tasted Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew, please sound off in the comments yes. uh, on Instagram or, or, you know, join us on Discord if you haven't joined the community. I would love to know how this tasted because, I'll, look, I'll be honest. I'm a fan of Flamin' Hot Cheetos, okay? I, I'm such a stand for Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I am 
so Mexican about it. I also put, I've done one of two things with my Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I have either one, dip them in sour cream as I am eating them. Yes. And or add tapatio to them as I dip them in sour cream to eat them. So uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan or of Or lemon juice. Or lemon juice, exactly. <laughs> and then there's like the very popular... When you buy them at like 7-Eleven or something, you open your bag and then you douse them with nacho cheese and that's how you eat them as well. That was very popular growing up. So uh, I have tried many uh, Flamin' Hot Cheeto things. There was fries at Burger King. I've eaten it on sushi. I've eaten. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've eaten all sorts of stuff like flame and hot flavored, right? Uh, including the popcorn, which ironically enough was not the best. It was kind of <laughs> like the like the worst of all of them. Uh, but uh, I don't. I mean, can you think of a snack in our lifetimes that has had an impact on society the way that flame and hot Cheetos has? That like that didn't exist, right? Like obviously, growing up, like Kool Aid was super big, like stuff like that. But like a new product that just like, because growing up in Southern California, there was a soundbite on the Kevin and Bean show that I used to hear every time they would be happy about something. They're like, "When I eat hot Cheetos, it makes me go crazy," right? Because mm-hmm. it's true. Like you ate flaming hot Cheetos, and you're like, "Ah, so good, so good, ah." Something so, along know. that line, uh, I would think is, I mean, even though I don't, I'm, I'm not a spike, uh, excuse, spice person at all. I, I, I'm a, I, I can't handle it. I like, if I go to like the Mexican restaurant and they have the chips and salsa, I take the chip and I dip it in the salsa and then I knock the salsa off. So I just get a little taste of salsa. And then like, there's the people that like take the big scoop and whatever, da, 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 da. Anyway, all that to say, uh, something comparable, I think, would be sriracha. Oh, like, oh, like yeah. sriracha yeah. is like in everything <laughs> recently. Right. That's a and good one. Their like marketing model and everything. It's just like a guy. He's like, I'm just gonna make this uh, because they don't have anything that's hot enough for me here in the United States. I think he's an immigrant, uh, and. Uh, he just made it, and they don't have a marketing team. They just sell it. And it's like become like the biggest food thing like mm-hmm. in the world, basically. The yeah, plant is right. actually super close to where I live. You, we can actually tour the plant. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think sriracha is a really great example. If you could pinpoint one snack in the Disney bubble that you think encompasses like what the mania of flaming hot Cheetos would be within the Disney community. What would you say that snack is? Because I have an idea of what I would say that snack is. My brain is like, there's two, like, can't compute right now. Like, honestly, I'm blanking out. <laughs> like, the, the thing that I'm thinking of is, like, it's kind of like the opposite like it's like flavored hot Cheetos, but in reverse with with churros. They're like, okay, here's a churro, and we're just gonna put eight billion different things on this churro. Yeah, we hope you like. Right. It's like the opposite. It's like here's churro, uh, you know, s'mores churro, red churro, uh, apple churro, watermelon churro, like yeah. 
like so, it's like the opposite <laughs> of Cheeto. They're like, here's Cheeto, but it's flaming hot. So I I would be inclined to agree with you. Uh, however, if you ever had a, have had an opportunity to go somewhere like here in L.A., like Olvera Street, you know, there mm-hmm. are so many vendors that sell things like churros that there are already like 20 different flavors you can get them mm-hmm. in, right? And so the the one that I think has been one of those that just developed this crazy cult following is the Dole Whip. Yeah. Like oh, the yeah. Dole Whip, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the Dole Whip was introduced like in the early 80s. Like I think like Dole invented it in like 84 and then two years later they brought it to Disneyland. So I think the Dole Whip would possibly be like because you can ask uh, I think anybody like what the most famous Disneyland snack is and it's either going to be between churro and Dole Whip. Like yeah. maybe you're right maybe mickey ice cream head maybe nah. maybe if they're only going sweet treats then definitely yeah and i and i also think that it depends on what time of year you ask it because obviously if you ask the question during the summer people might be more inclined to say something that's cold and sweet mm-hmm. that they can enjoy on a hot summer day right so yeah yeah the churro i think is more like yeah you can enjoy it whenever but i think it's more of a colder season snack because it's a warm snack so this is definitely a question i want to ask i'm curious (laughs) i don't even know what to ask like what do you think the most popular snack is of those three or if you could name the most popular disney snack what would it be I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll post it to social media and then we'll get an answer and then we'll see what the results are. We'll talk about it next episode. But just imagine they, they do like like if they took churro, they like churro dust, which is just cinnamon sugar. But then they just started like calling it like, you know, churro flavored popcorn and they have like churro dust, you know, cinnamon sugar popcorn. And they yes, have churro, please. churro flavored My friend. cookie. Like I think they could do it like they could do the flaming Hot Cheeto thing with churros churro flavored oh, dole could. whip yeah. friend, <laughs> listen they I mean, already kind of do had that. that yeah they already kind of do because cinnamon toast crunch released their cinnamon toast crunch flavoring powder. and the uh-huh. powder that you can sprinkle on everything and if you mm-hmm. add that to waffles or pancakes i mean ice I mean, cream dabby oh. becomes super happy at that point but yeah oh man Oh, okay. We're we got to move on from the food talk, but yep. There you go. We're gonna put the question out there. We'll probably put up a poll. No, you know what? We will put up a poll because I want to know the answer to this. I want to know what the what the fan favorite snack is. That'll be our question of the week. How about that? We'll do a question of the week. Introducing it now, folks. That question of the week. This question. This week only, maybe, or next week if we remember. We'll figure it out as we go along. Um, let's see. Oh, I want to mention this because we're talking about movies. Spider-Man oh. film. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse. You know, uh-huh. big film, Into the Spider-Verse, also super big, really popular. The director, uh, I believe it was one of the directors of the film, had seen this demo. I think uh, it was Kent Powers that saw this uh, video uh, that was all Lego. It was Spider-Man Lego, and it was super well made. And he looks at it and he thinks, "Man, we gotta get this guy to do a Lego thing for for the for across the Spider Verse." 
And so they reach out to the person that created this insanely awesome Lego thing. And they're like, hey, man, you know, we want to hire you to do something for Across the Spider-Verse. The person that created it was 14 years old. Nice. So a 14-year-old worked on a Lego stop-motion thing for Across the Spider-Verse. How looks nice. great Ooh, is that, right? As much Kids as social go far. media. <laughs> oh, absolutely. As much as social media, can, like, look, let's be honest. As much as uh, uh, social media can be a cesspool of garbage, <laughs> mm-hmm. when these gems pop up, like it can make a career for somebody, right? And this is a perfect example. We saw this with uh, the, the artist that had done the Spider-Man thing. You know, at California Adventure, the stunt show, like he's mm-hmm. gone oh, yeah. on to to work on big projects. He works with Zach King now, one of the best motion graphic artists uh, in the world, really. If you're familiar with those uh, TikTok and Vine videos that he's done. Um, yeah, something like this can totally make your career. We've seen this with 3D printers as well. Right. They've made helmets and gear and stuff that they just make for fun or because they go to conventions and then Marvel just calls them and says, like, hey, man, we really we really love what you're doing with your products. We want to hire you to make the gear for the next whatever film. Come on. That's fantastic. So follow your dreams, kids. If you mm-hmm. love to do something, film yourself doing it, get really good. And who knows? Maybe some stop motion thing that you make in the future will be in an upcoming Spider-Man film. Can I guarantee yep. that? Absolutely not. But it's possible. It is. You keep right. going. I mean, we right. all start somewhere, so hey. Yep. Anything can happen if you let it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, big thanks to Heather from the FGP squad. She posted a really cool link to Lego. They had a Hocus Pocus cottage that was, uh, it was one of those fan voted things, right? Mm-hmm. Did it make it through or was it just in the voting stage? Oh, it's made it through and it's going to be produced. Uh, Cottage 21341 on the Lego website coming uh, on July 4th. It looks like it'll be released uh, for $230. How big is it? Uh, it is, if it'll tell me, 2,300 pieces. Wow. Okay. With six minifigures. So it looks like we have uh, the Sanderson sisters and Max and the other two. I don't know. I just spaced on their name. Danny and, and Allison. And Allison. And you get a little Binks, too. Oh, Aww. nice. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's you- a pretty hefty set. Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty big in the photos. Like, it looks decent size. And, like, the house opens up and it has a bunch of, like, you know, the book is there. It's got all kinds of stuff. looks very cool. Mary gets a vacuum. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) With, like, a cord and everything. That's super cool. Okay, that's that's cool. That is worth it. Yeah, this is definitely one of the nicer sets uh, that they've put up there. And the Legos Ideas... uh, thing or whatever they call it yeah did that haunted mansion one that we had seen ever make it through the which one i don't there was think a so, more extravagant version yeah there was a okay. more extravagant version of the mansion that was uh that was put up there uh it was nothing like the one that actually got released 
it was, it was like, a it was really like a nice big, version. Big boy. Yes. It was a really nice version. Was it a forty dollar one? Ever we got. Hearing if it ever got produced. It doesn't look like it. I'm looking up Haunted Mansion Aww. right now. That little one's the first one that comes up. And then Boo. Mini Disney Castle. And then you got Bowser's Castle. Oh. Dry Bowser Castle ba- good, Battle Expansion Set. Nice. I don't know what that... What, I don't know what uh, the Battle at Hogwarts has to do with Haunted Mansion, but it's on here, too, on this list. Yeah. Anyway, Lego website. Weird. Harry Potter to Disney confirmed. <laughs> Harry Potter, that's me. Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Ooh, You're a Harry wizard, Potter. Harry. You're a hairy wizard. You're a hairy wizard. <laughs> and it all started with Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we continue, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, our podcast for your godparents because it is their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. There you will find a list of some of our top contributors, a link to our Patreon, and a little info on the FGP Squad itself. Being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls. Uh, additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, discount codes, anytime we have new Podcateers gear, random giveaways, uh, and a special section of Discord where we can interact with other members of the FGP squad. So if you want more info, uh, again, podcateers.com slash FGP is where you want to go. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. But to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. All right, well, I think we're going to start getting ready to wind down the podcast soon. So we're going to get ready for great moments in a bit. But there was a couple things that were brought up in the chat that, uh, you know, we should talk about. Because if you're looking into decorating, we got some some stuff that you can make here. Uh, Mel, do you want to bring up the first one? Yeah. Um, So... We like DIYs, do-it-yourselves, and crafts, and making things out of anything. And um, there's a TikTok that's going around. This TikTok pretty much is, hey, let's go to this place, which is called the Tractor Supply Company. And, you know, let's try to make some logs. And it's cool because this guy, he's inspired him and his son. It's a little father-son type of thing. They're buying these planters. I've, you know what? I'm kicking myself because I've seen these planters before, but I never thought of it. So these planters, they're logs. Or they're not, but they're, they look like logs. They look like the logs from Splash Mountain. This is where I'm kicking myself because the idea is there. But this guy thought of it to make these logs and, you know, let's see if it'll work and put it on water. You know, that kind of stuff. And so he goes in the store and he sees these things, picks them up and gives it like a paint, you know, paint do and whatnot, makes it really pretty. And he actually has the top part, which is the rabbit. And already I've, side note, I looked on this guy's profile and um, I should have stated that first. His screen name is the Satisfactual Sign Company. So he has a bunch of things that are 
replicas off of Disney attractions. And of course, he has one for Splash Mountain. And it's really cool looking. So he gets this thing going. And it's one of those things where you have to see it because it's such a cool stuff. He makes his own little um, pattern for a seating through poster board or you know, that kind of paper. Cuts, you know, pieces of wood, gets it all done, puts these little seats like in the wood log. And it's so cool. It's really, really cool. Like it's it's one of those things where you just wanna make something cool for home or, you know, if wild adventure or whatever looks whatever your heart desires. I mean, it, it's pretty neat. Like I kind of, again, I wish I had known about this. I wish I had thought about this. I did not. I failed. But this guy did perfectly well. And mm -hmm. it's cool. And at the end, you just see the little plushies. Like it's cute. It is yeah. so cute. I mean, it's a really cool DIY. The way that he figured everything out uh, and just yeah. created the entire like vehicle just like so good I, well like you said i mean this is what he seems to do for a living right he creates these right uh, these projects and he creates these crafts and sells them which are just so good like he's so talented so to look at this like you said you look at something like this and you think man why didn't i think of that it's like it's right there right yeah so, uh to see it you didn't and have look, to do if, much <laughs> yeah exactly and listen, if you don't want it to be the Splash Mountain version, you can make it the Tiana's Bayou Adventure log as well. Yeah. They're going to be the same vehicles. So yep. you'll be able to just... I don't know what the ornamentation will be for uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. I know that this one has uh, a rabbit on the front of the log. Uh, but I guess once we know more about the design, you can make your own Tiana's Bayou Adventure log as well. But yeah, the, this like he has so many cool things on his page. Um, man, I I want or, some of this stuff. I was gonna say if you don't want to do that, you could base it off of Knott's Berry Farm. Their log ride. There you oh, go. Right, right. You they got you got well. options. Exactly. Definitely have options. So I not scary yeah. farm. Whatever. <laughs> I wonder if there's anything else that we could make along these lines like what can you find at the store and turn it into a ride vehicle well <laughs> i mean who's to say you can't take that put foam board and make it a bobsled hey it's the same oh, model yeah yeah i mean i think there's a lot of there's multiple attractions that have vehicles that look like they're carved from wood they're just not mm -hmm. the same shape as the flume, right? Because I yeah. think Snow White Scary Adventures is definitely one of the vehicles that I, I want to say looks like they're wooden vehicles. Yeah, yeah um, you're right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's many others that look like the flume. I mean, there's been some pretty interesting adaptations of other vehicles using, like, curved chairs. People have made, like, a doom buggy sort of thing and... Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. I want to think about this. Take like uh, take like a bar, like a like a what do you call those? Like Power Wheels Jeep, and here Indiana Jones Jeep. Here we go. Right. Yep. <laughs> Paint it brown. 
right? Put some mud on it. Um, and then it'll look like the Jurassic Park Jeep. No, because then it's going to have Solid Tours <laughs> sticker on it. And, and uh, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but those Jeeps are like white. Aren't they like orange and they yellow? They got like orange and, and green yeah, and all sorts of green. stuff. Yeah. So I'm sure there's got to be like other, you know, a lot of them are just vehicles that exist, like pirate ship and boat and car yeah. and thing. So, I mean, I guess this is kind of one of the more unique ride vehicles. Um, yeah. So finding like a like a, just a log planner, like it's it's like uh, kismet or whatever. It was just meant to be yeah. somebody come up with that. <clears throat> I mean, if you tie a whole bunch of logs together, you could get a raft Sail it into Tom Sawyer Island, I guess, and that's pretty <laughs> easy. If you want to do that, creativity, <laughs> yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, speaking of attraction decoration, this actually leads well into the next product because Andrew, you sent a picture of what's coming later this year, and. Uh, I can already see the money flying from my pockets. So, mm-hmm. yes, Halloween is uh it's almost here, folks. And it looks like the uh there's been some uh Halloween leaks on uh you know, there looked like there's some sort of convention or something that um kind of shows what's coming to you know, Lowe's, but mostly Lowe's is what we're getting here. Um, the big one is, uh, it looks like we're getting a six foot two tall, uh, animated, uh, uh, groundskeeper from the haunted mansion, uh, at Lowe's. Uh, I did find a price on this. It looks like it's going to be $239 for old Cyrus there. That's not um, bad. <laughs> I don't know. I de- from the all the pictures are like waist up, so I can't tell if dog is included or not. I'm gonna guess no, but you never know. Um, I did do a little more sleuthing. It looks like there's also going to be a life size bride from the haunted mansion um, at the same price, two hundred and thirty nine. Along with that, we're getting uh, some tombstones, a Madame Leota tombstone, a departed Dave uh, tombstone. Um, I believe I also saw a um, inflatable 13-hour clock. Ooh. Um, what? So, yeah, like last year they had they had like the plastic clock, but I did see an image of an inflatable 13 hour clock that's supposedly coming this year to Lowe's as well. Um, so yeah, it's the leaks are coming. I'm here for it. Um, I think we've already seen, I have to look up again if we, the spirit Halloween was already announced. I think some of it, a lot of it was, um, re read up stuff from last year, but that's fine. They had great stuff last year. Yeah, they did. Nice. Well, uh, we're just a little over a month away from Spirit Halloween during their big uh, flagship store reopening. You know, we Mm -hmm. talked about it last year. I had no idea that they did this, but, you know, they have this, like, super huge event at their flagship store uh, out in uh, Egg Harbor. 
Township, New Jersey, I think. Mm-hmm. Sounds and, right. And, uh, yeah, I think July 20-something, towards the end of the month, they're going to be having their big event again. And that's when I think we're going to see a lot of these products begin to pop up. Uh, last year, I know we had some stuff at Lowe's, which was cool. I mean, I think they had some pretty decent stuff at Lowe's as well, but... Uh, I remember Andrew going almost every day to Spirit Halloween for a while. <laughs> and uh, our lines of credit were just crossing because we would yep. just send him Venmo and he'd pick <laughs> stuff up for us. And I'm Dark glad he's too. got a truck. <laughs> right? I do have a truck. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, we got some good stuff coming. So I'm hoping we're able to pick some of that up. My biggest issue is I just don't know how and how much to decorate because we can't yeah. do too much where we live but i mean it's it's cool to have this stuff right i mean if i had the oh space gosh, definitely yeah. in my office i would like to have like the caretaker and the hatbox ghost i know the hatbox ghost isn't announced but i mean if there's one in the warehouse that Disney just doesn't know what to do with and they just like, you know what, we need some space. Call Hazen, you know, just have him take it home. <laughs> he can he can watch it, he can put it up in his office or something. I would love to take it off their hands. I you know, I will take good care of Hattie. Let me know. I'll be there in a moment to pick it up. You could send it to P.O. Box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ah, man. No, seriously. I I feel like this year, especially because there were certain items that I missed out on. And I'm kicking myself for a couple of them because I remember Andrew pushing me too. He's like, dude, there's only like two left. You should get it. Do you want me to get it? Just send me the money later. Just do you want it? I'm here now. Do you want it? And then he'd go back the next day. There's only one left. Do you want it? Do you want me to get uh. it for you? Just pay me back later. <laughs> and the one that I regret the most is the plaque of the Haunted Mansion, the one that you see uh, on the brick, like on the tower. So uh, that's just so you know, Hazen, you can order that from Spirit Halloween right now on their website. It's available so now. As many as it's available right now. Nice. I was that. just on this. Oh I was gosh. just on the Spirit with Halloween website uh, <laughs> right now, you so it looks like That's... that might be something they stock <laughs> fairly regularly or something. So. Money is being taken away. There you uh-huh. go. Oh, they had their it's own gone. haunted mansion section Goodbye. this time. <laughs> yeah, they have a whole section. Yeah. Oh yeah, some of the stuff from oh. last year is definitely making a comeback. That cool mug is back. The shot glasses, the gargoyle. With the hitchhiking ghost, the gargoyles there is a there back. is a cool like lantern that I never got to see in person that has it's four sided with the stretching Ooh, room the portraits. portraits on oh, it. Oh yeah, that is is what ching, cool looking. Ching, ding, there you go, <laughs> all of that. Ooh. Man, it also looks like Lowe's is getting um, the inflatable hitchhiking ghosts is coming back. This oh, year good. as well, I'm I'm kind of just like clicking on. This is the not in the Doom buggy, but three of them standing next to each other, and also a Jack Skellington like with his like holding his mouth open, very going cool. like blah. This is so cool. This yeah, is cool. I love that they have like a whole section for it now. All right, well, uh, <laughs> hey, look, they have haunted uh, Hocus Pocus decor. Cool. They have a whole section for Hocus Pocus too. More stuff on my wish list. <laughs> For real. For real. All right. Well, I think it's time we start wrapping it up. 
Uh, so as we do, uh, this year we have been doing our own homage to the Disney company as they celebrate their 100 years of wonder. And every episode we've had our own segment, our own tribute segment with the great Mr. Andrew. And it is called hey, hey. Great Moments with Mr. Andrew. The years this week. The years this week are 1971 and 1972. If you know anything about 1971 and 1972, you might already know what's coming. So, four films in 1971. Uh, in 1971, the Disney Studio purchases the rights to The Chronicles of Prydian. I'm probably screwing that up. Uh, these books are later adapted to the film The Black Cauldron. Uh, feature films released in 1971 are January 20th, The Wild Country, March 17th, The Barefoot Executive, June 22nd, Scandalous John, June 30th, The Million Dollar Duck, and December 13th, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. For TV in 1971, 13 episodes of The Wonderful World of Disney air on NBC, including on October 29th, they air the grand opening of Walt Disney World. Approximately 52 million people in the U.S. view the 90-minute special. Uh, for theme parks in 1971, on April 15th, the last of the 337 concrete beams complete the six-mile-long monorail transportation system for the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, and the first Martin Marietta Mark IV monorail train is lowered onto the beam. On May 19th, the Indian War Canoes at Disneyland is renamed Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes. On June 14th, the All-American College Band performs for the first time at Disneyland. Uh, on June 17th at 11.13 a.m., Disneyland welcomes its 100th millionth guest, Valerie Suldo of New Jersey. On June 19th, Walt Disney World opens its own post office with its own zip code, 9, or 9, that's California, <laughs> its own zip code, 32830. Um, also this year, the River, River Bell Terrace Restaurant opens in Frontierland at Disneyland. And on July 18th, the Walt Disney World phone system begins operation, part of the world's first all-electronic telephone company. On September 30th, the Preview Center for Walt Disney World closes. Since its opening, 1,332,927 people visited the Preview Center. On October 1st at 10 a.m. 1971, the Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World opens in Orlando, Florida. Similar to Disneyland, six theme areas are Main Street USA, Adventureland, Fantasyland, Frontierland, Liberty Square, and Tomorrowland. Attendance on opening day is 10,422 people. The first guests to enter the park are William Windsor Jr., wife Mary, and sons Jay and Lee. The first day, a Friday, was chosen as, a, as the likely slowest day of the week and the slowest time of the year for tourists in Florida. Organizers did not want a repeat of the mass crowds during the opening day of Disneyland. Cost to create the theme park was $400 million. It was the largest privately funded project on Earth at the time. It opens with one theme park, two resort hotels, and 43 square miles of recreational land and water space. This is equal to twice the size of Manhattan or equal to the size of the entire city of San Francisco. Uh, the Walt Disney World Railroad opens with three locomotives, the Walter E. Disney, number one, the Lily Bell, number two, and the Roger E. Brogy, number three. 
Uh, Main Street USA opening day attractions are the fire truck, horse-drawn streetcars, horseless carriages, Town Square Cafe, Market House Store, Camera Center Shop, Jitney Vehicle, Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner, House of Magic Shop, Penny Arcade, Main Street Confectionery Shop, Emporium Store, Main Street Bake Shop, New Century Clock Shop, I wrote a lot of stuff here, Main Street Cinema, Chapeau Shop, Omnibus Vehicle. The Adventureland opening day attractions are Adventureland Veranda Restaurant, Swiss Family Treehouse, Jungle Cruise, Sunshine Pavilion, and Tropical Serenade. Uh, you may know that as the Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, Fantasyland opening day attractions are Dumble the Flying Elephant, Mad Tea Party, Snow White Scary Adventures, Pinocchio's Village House Restaurant, Cinderella's Golden Carousel, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Mickey Mouse Review, It's a Small World, and Skyway to Tomorrowland. Frontierland opening days attractions are Country Bear Jamboree, Frontierland Shooting Gallery, Frontier Trading Post Shop, uh, Pecos Bill Cafe, Mike Fink Keelboats, Mile Long Bar, Diamond Horseshoe Review, Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes. The Liberty Square opening day attractions are Hall of Presidents, Columbia Harbor House Restaurant, Heritage House Shop, Liberty Tree Tavern, Haunted Mansion. The Tomorrowland opening day re- uh, attractions are Skyway to Fantasyland, Grand Prix, Raceway, Mickey's Mart Shop, and Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant. <laughs> they didn't have much in the <laughs> opening day um also opening with the magic kingdom are king stefan's banquet hall restaurant in cinderella castle and the crystal palace restaurant also opening the same day are the monorail system the fort wilderness resort campgrounds which occupies 640 acres of forest disney's contemporary resort which has 1046 rooms and the monorail passes through its interior also disney's polynesian resort and the magnolia course golf course the next day october 2nd the admiral joe fowler riverboat begins operation in frontierland and on october 3rd peter pan's flight opens in fantasyland Although the first, uh, this is the first operating day, uh, the grand opening of Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World doesn't happen until the end of October. On October 23rd, a three-day gala grand opening ceremony begins at Walt Disney World. Arthur Fielder conducts the World Symphony Orchestra, formed by musicians from 60 countries, playing to 2,500 invited guests, 40,000 uh, visitors to the park that day. Uh, On October 24th, during the three-day gala opening ceremony, a three-hour torchlit luau and show are held on the beach of the Polynesian Village for 1,000 invited guests with a debut of the Electrical Water Pageant. On October 25th, on the final day of the three-day gala, a dedication is read by Roy Disney. The world's largest marching band with 1,076 instruments plays 76 trombones. A 1,500-voice choir sings When You Wish Upon a Star, and thousands of balloons are released. Uh, On December 1st, the number four locomotive, the Roy O. Disney, begins operation in the Magic Kingdom. Other notable events of 1971. On May 1st, Warner Brothers Pictures releases the film Billy Jack to theaters in USA. A man wears a Disneyland souvenir t-shirt. On October 15th, the cover of Life magazine shows 1,500 Disney employees and characters in front of Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World. On December 2nd, the Walt Disney World Open Golf Championship is held at Magnolia Course. Uh, Also this year, the Firehouse 5 Plus 2 Band uh, at Disneyland disbands. After the opening of Walt Disney World on October 1st, Roy finally retires. Uh, Following Roy's retirement, Don Tatum becomes chairman and chief executive officer of Walt Disney Productions, and Card Walker becomes president of Walt Disney Productions. Uh, The birthdays for 1971. January 7th, Jeremy Renner. 
January 20th, Questlove. Uh, February 22nd, Leah Salonga. February 25th, Sean Astin. March 16th, Alan Tudyk. March 31st, Ewan McGregor. May 27th, Paul Bettany. July 3rd, Benedict Wong. August 20th, K. Hoi Kwan. September 16th, Amy Poehler. October 25th, Craig Robinson. November 20th, Joel McHale. Uh, notable deaths from 1971. July 6th, Louis Armstrong. July 7th, Ub Iwerks. And July 17th, Cliff Edwards. And on December 20th, 1971, Roy Oliver Disney dies of a cerebral hemorrhage. He was 78 years old five days after the fifth anniversary of his younger brother's death. He is interred in Forest Lawn Memorial Park next to his wife, Edna. Roy's behind-the-scenes business acumen built an entertainment empire on his younger brother's Walt's talent for drawing and lovable talking animals and making innocent dreams come true. Roy inherited the Disney Entertainment Empire and was its chief moving spirit following the death of Walt. His official title was chairman of the board and chief executive officer. His real function, as he saw it, was the keeper of the spirit that Walt created and that permeated their cartoons, movies, television programs, amusement parks, and other enterprises. He did not try to fill his creative brother's shoes as an artist. The ideas kept coming, he said, from the good organization built by Walt, who wouldn't want us to change direction. It was Roy who lent Walt $250, uh, who contributed 40 and his early talents as a filmmaker to the partnership to open a cartoon studio in a small rented building behind a real estate office in Hollywood in 1923. In those years, Walt drew the pictures and Roy worked the cameras and kept the books. Roy Disney parlayed the outcome of the original $790 stake into a business worth hundreds of millions. The Disney brothers were the children of Canadian Irish building contractor Elias Disney and were born in Chicago and raised uh, in Marceline, Missouri. Roy worked as a bank clerk in Kansas City for eight years and served as a petty officer on the Navy, Navy cargo ship in World War I before joining his brother in the cartoon business. Roy Disney leaves his wife Edna, a son Roy Edward, who is a producer at Disney Productions and a board director, a brother Ray, a sister Mrs. Ruth Beecher, and four grandchildren. That brings us to 1972. For films in 1972, on April 10th, the Academy Awards an Oscar for special visual effects to the film Bedknobs and Broomsticks. A feature films released this year are March 22nd, The Biscuit Eater, July 5th, Napoleon and Samantha, July 12th, Now You See Him, Now You Don't. October 18th, Run Cougar Run. November 26th, Chandar, the Black Leopard of Celion. I don't know, I'm probably screwing that up. And December 22nd, Snowball Express. For TV in 1972, on January 26th, the syndicated TV series The Mouse Factory debuts, and 13 episodes of The Wonderful World of Disney air on NBC. For theme parks in 1972, on March 24th, Bear Country at Disneyland opens. It costs about $8 million to build. Included in Bear Country are the Country Bear Jamboree, the Mile Long Bar, the Teddy Bears Swingin' Arcade, and the Ursus H. Bears Wilderness Outpost Shop. On June 5th, Eastern Airlines begins sponsorship of If You Had Wings in Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom. On June 17th, the Main Street Electrical Parade premieres at Disneyland. The parade features 500,000 sparkling lights and 500 miles of wiring. Also this year, the Cafe Orleans restaurant opens in New Orleans Square at Disneyland, formerly known as the Creole Cafe. 
Four locomotives are built for the use for a new railroad to operate in the Fort Wilderness at Walt Disney World. The cost is $1 million for four engines and 20 cars. On September 24th, the Golden Bear Lodge restaurant opens in Bear Country at Disneyland. On October 1st, uh, 10.7 million people have visited Walt Disney World since its opening one year ago. Also in October, the Winnie the Pooh for President event is held at Disneyland. And on December 15th, construction begins on Space Mountain at Walt Disney World. Other notable events of 1972. In February, Fawcett begins publishing the Disneyland Magazine Weekly Magazine in the U.S. On April 19th, in the case of the Sierra Club against the U.S. Forest Service over Disney's proposed Mineral Kingdom Ski Resort, the Supreme Court issues its ruling, voting 4-3, to three, agreeing the Court of Appeals in dissolving the injunction against the commencing project. On May 14th, the major, the first major auction of Disney memorabilia is held at Sotheby's Auction House in Los Angeles. The 170 items sold for a total of $15,000. On June 2nd, the case, uh, the Sierra Club case against the U.S. Forest Service over Disney's proposed musical King Ski Resort at the Sierra Club amends its original suit, uh, adding claims under the National Environmental Protection Act, requesting the government produce an environmental impact statement on the resort. Judge Swinehart also agrees to reinstate the injunction until the impact statement can be completed and until the trial is held on the original suit. Also this year, Nabisco features Winnie the Pooh on its Honey Crunchers cereal box. Uh, John Hench is named the executive vice president of WED. And Disney on Parade tours Europe. Birthdays for 1971. March 21st, Kristen Anderson Lopez. May 2nd, Dwayne Johnson. June 2nd, Wayne Brady. July 27th, Maya Rudolph. September 6th, Idris Elba. And Anika Noni Rose. And December 18th, Jason Manzukas. That was a lot. And that was 1971 and 1972 for great moments with me, Mr. Andrew, if you want to call me that. Mr. Andrew's fine. Andrew, whatever you want to do. It's okay. We're done. This is over. I'm stopping talking now. I will call you the great Mr. Andrew because that was okay. awesome. <laughs> it was. Love it. Good job. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, remember, if you haven't joined the community, we'd love to have you over on Discord. Joining is super simple. Head on over to podcasters.com slash links. While you're on that page, make sure that you also check out some of the other stuff we have. We always have a post to our latest episode, the Quizneyland playlist. Of course, we have links to our YouTube channel and Larry's YouTube channel, Goofy Guys Adventures. So it's all on one compact page for you to check out. Again, podcasters.com slash links is where you will find all of that information. And of course, remember our question of the week. You know, if you could... if. Are we going with what do you think the most iconic Disney snack is or should we make it multiple choice and give the three snacks, the churro, the Dole Whip and the Mickey ice cream bar and have people vote using the three options? Well, if our previous March Mayhem has uh, taught us anything, we already know what it is. Um, so maybe just let them po let 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 them uh uh, tell us because maybe somebody's yeah. got a better idea that we're not thinking of yeah oh, I agree yeah, yeah okay alright so we'll leave it blank we'll post a, a, a question 
you know, what do you think the most iconic Disney snack is? And then we'll compile the results and share them in next week's episode. And that's it. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Part of the Podcateers Network.